Hey guys, welcome to the I Hope to Hear This podcast. And today, I hope people with passion in music hear this. Hey guys, welcome to the I Hope to Hear This podcast. And we have a, a returning guest today. Um, and he was, we were talking about this earlier, but you were talking about how nervous you were the first time around. But well, let me introduce mm. you. This is uh, Ben Chong from Zealand. Hey y'all, thanks for having me. <laughs> um, so, I mean, how's the nervousness level today? Um, it's definitely better. Good. Um, I feel like I've been listening to a lot more podcasts, so I feel like <laughs> just been practicing. You know, it's crazy. Like, I knew we were going to do this, uh-huh. and I would like, like, my job is, like, driving all the time, and I would just, like, talk to myself, practice talking oh, nice. loud in preparation for this podcast. <laughs> so, I'm I'm ready now. The nerves are are there but it's calmed down <laughs> yeah, i think i appreciate you being here I, I know i really appreciate you being here because you're kind of going back and forth um from different sides of atlanta today right yeah you, you live on the western part the western suburbs of uh, northern atlanta mm-hmm. um i'm on the east side but then you have to go back because you're uh, <laughs> doing a rehearsal for everest right yeah you just yeah. gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, thanks, thanks, thanks for doing that. So, um, on that topic, let's talk about that a little bit. Um, you are a drummer, right? So you, for for Zealand is which is kind of you guys's band, but there's a conference that that happens every year for, is it kind of youth focused or? Um, I think so. It's it's kind of it's not exclusively for youth. Mm-hmm. It's more for anybody just wanting to be a part of what we have to uh, um, accomplish and what we envision for anybody. So anybody right. who buys into the vision is welcome. But it seems like most of our um, audience is mostly youth. Mm. So, yeah. And for, for the conference um, worship team, you, you're the drummer, right? Yes, alongside with uh, my code co-drummer and partner in crime tim tim yeah tim's in the building as well what's up (laughs) (laughs) he doesn't have a mic so i don't know if you heard that but he (laughs) we have a live audience today for the first time (laughs) um but so uh, you were talking about people who buy into the vision of everest you want to explain that a little bit what is the vision of everest to put it simply it's it's just to reach a level of greatness through uh through your belief in god Mm. and i think you know there's certain um things you have to embrace and follow in order to reach you know greatness in what we believe as everest Mm. and that's through the small things you know serving putting in your hours Mm. that's the the level of greatness that we see in vision um, you know, it's Jesus, you know, coming here to serve others before having others serve him. And right. so I think that's to put it simply, and it's really kind of complex in, in what we're trying to reach, reach, mm-hmm. but, uh, for the most part, it's, it's just to reach greatness through your belief and faith in God. Yeah. So does that kind of translate to what you do as a career, um, and being excellent and in those things as well, because I know a lot of people who have faith, they sometimes don't 
really marry the two, right? They kind of keep their church life separate from their career life. Um, is that kind of what you do as well, or do you like to see more of a synergy there? Definitely. So, um, excellence is one of the core values of Everest, mm-hmm. and um, as a Christian and as a believer and follower of Christ, uh, you have to embrace those things Sunday to Sunday, right. and it's not just a Monday through Friday thing. Um, that's something that I believe as a as a person in just putting excellence and um, just your best foot forward in everything that you do, whether it's at work, at church, even in your relationships, personal lives, and anything that you come across, even if it's just, you know, talking to any stranger on the street, you have to, you know, put the, put your best foot forward and mm-hmm. see the greatness in everybody and just something that you have to practice every day. And, uh, it's a discipline for sure. Mm-hmm. It's not the it's not the easiest thing to be excellent, but right. um, yeah, definitely you, something that um, I take into consideration every day of my life, every mm-hmm. second of my life. Yeah. And and just just so we can ground the listeners a little bit, I think our if the listeners are uh, regular listeners, then I'm sure they're aware of Ben Chong, the drummer, like that per, that side of your persona. But it, what what do you do for your career, um, your day job? I'm a physical therapist. I've been practicing for about two years now. Hmm. Um, I currently work at a home health setting. So um, for those of us who don't really know what a physical therapist is, what is it that you do kind of on a day-to-day basis? Um, You know, the connotation behind physical therapist is Uh like stretching, massaging. um, Like that's kind of the, the, uh, what do you call it? the idea that's mm. the first idea that comes into your head as a PT, but, um, which is, you know, that's all inclusive. Mm. But I think for me in my current setting now, it's, I'm, I'm working with a lot of elderly and, um, for lack of a better term, sick people. Mm. And a lot of them don't know how to walk or haven't walked in a while or even, you know, standing up mm. or even going to and from the bathroom or even bouncing, like staying in the shower. So every day I'll have about six, six to seven people that I need to see. And I'm driving to their homes because they're homebound. They can't really mm. do much for themselves. Mm. So I'll do anything from doing exercises, sitting in the chair, going for little walks, teaching them how to walk. Like, okay, you're going to put this foot in front of the other, then put the cane out, and then take a step with the other foot. Mm. Something as simple as that. Um, Anything that they need to be or to do to be safe within the home. Because one of the biggest things, uh, if you didn't know, of uh, why people, the number one reason why people are going to the hospital is because of falls. Mm. So as a physical therapist, that's like, the number one rule that you want to follow like and so make sure people don't fall exactly how not to fall exactly mm. so if you have that as the baseline then mm-hmm. you work from there you know okay we're going to do these stretching exercises and strengthening exercises we're going to learn how to walk with the walker or a cane for you to be safe mm. so that's that's what i do it varies depending on the patient and what 
their deficits are, but in a gist, that's mm. mainly what I do. So you you said you drive to people's houses, right? So does that mean that you're driving like constantly? Do you ever? Is it always in like one location, like one area, or do you kind of go all over the place? So my territory that I'm covering now is oh, cool. You have a territory. Yeah. <laughs> um, otherwise, I'll be driving everywhere. Mm. Um, it's mostly west side of Atlanta, um, Cobb. Mm. Uh, I can go all the way up to North Cobb, and then most of the patients that I see is uh, like South Fulton mm. area. Mm. Martin Luther King Drive, um, kind of uh, like College Park area. It's not the, uh, oh, I don't know for a fact, but it's not viewed as the safest area, right? Definitely so. Um, Yeah, sometimes I will drive into a neighborhood Mm. and I am on high alert. And yeah, it's not the safest area. it's not the cleanest, I'll right. be honest. Uh, but, you know, going back to what we were talking about before, it's uh, if I'm if I'm a believer and follower of Jesus Christ, you just got to be excellent in all yeah. that I, I do and just believe that this is something that Christ would do. Hmm. And it would actually be someone or some place that he would go to first. Hmm. So, um, yeah. Do do you feel like God gave you kind of a heart, kind of a calling to steward these people? Um, or is it just anyone and everyone? Or do you have a special heart toward people in kind of the lower socioeconomic uh, areas? It's funny that you asked me that because I actually had a conversation um, with Jess mm. about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jess, my girlfriend. and She was uh, on like two, three yeah. episodes ago? Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel, I feel that it's a little mix of things. Um, I wouldn't say it's the first patient population that I would like to work with. Mm. Um, it's actually young athletes. I just love athletics and I like working with youth, Mm. um, which I did at my previous job. Um, but I just got a little burnt out from that. So I, kind of made the switch over um so this kind of fell into my lap and i actually switched to this job to be a little bit more flexible uh Uh, but it just happens to be uh where i'm working with patients um of more of the elderly or uh, lower socioeconomic status and um it's something that i'm coming to learn to appreciate Mm. Um, something that I'm coming to learn to embrace and I'm actually starting to enjoy it more. I've actually had more uh, meaningful conversations and meaningful times Mm. with these patients than I've had in the past. Just learning because, you know, you're spending uh, quality time with them. There's nobody else there. There's no other clients in the clinic. Mm. It's just you and the patient and most of their time they're they're sick and because they're sick or injured their headspace is in a little bit of a of a vulnerable mm. state yeah. so that kind of gives them to be a little bit more open more honest and then 
I've had, I felt like I had more deeper connections with patients in working in this setting. Gotcha. Yeah. So the reason I asked the question is uh, to make a connection back to your girlfriend because, um, <laughs> yeah, it was two episodes ago that we had a conversation with Jessica. And I, I know she kind of has, kind of feel like she's in a similar situation as you. It kind of, that job, it wasn't necessarily her first choice, but she's kind of grown to love it. And she kind of has a heart for those people now um, in, in those areas. And so, yeah, it's whenever I meet couples who have similar hearts, it always uh, intrigues me to see, it, was it influenced by what the other person does? Or did you guys kind of come upon it separately and individually? Definitely more separately and individually. Mm. Um, it's funny how you know, things will kind of come around full circle. Mm. Um, Jess has definitely inspired me, <clears throat> excuse me, to have a heart and um, have a little bit more extra room in your in your head and your mind um, to really seek out after those who really need it mm. and give a little bit more attention to those. So she's definitely inspired me in the way that she cares as much as she does for them. Um, but I wouldn't say it was originated from her idea. Like, right, oh, right. Jess is doing this. I kind of want to do this too. Right. Uh, it just happens to be that I'm I'm working now in that field. So I definitely get inspired and encouraged by her. Because if anything, she, out of between the both of us, she, she has it a little bit more rough because she's dealing with, the youth and yeah and there's um, many more of them yeah every day <laughs> yeah and they're like high energy yeah uh a little bit rowdy me i'm kind of working in the opposite spectrum where it's low energy mm. um more of the elderly they don't want to really do much and they complain a lot <laughs> so um yeah she mm. definitely inspires me encourages me though mm. so i will say that okay so I'm sure people listening to this who don't know you are dying to know. How did you guys meet? <laughs> Let's get into that story. Oh, bye, Tim. Our, our audience is leaving. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we met through uh, mutual friends, mm. um, Junie and Jane. Oh, yeah. Um, shout who out. are also on the podcast. Yeah, shout yeah. out Junie Jane. Um, so Junie is uh, one of my good friends, um, and he, you know, through his whole story with Jane, they ended up dating each other. And then one of Jane's good friends is Jess. Mm -hmm. So we pretty much got set up. And okay. then, uh, yeah, we, it's, <laughs> it's a funny story. Cause, uh, you know, Junie's very like out there. He's not really afraid to hold back on what he's going <laughs> to. So I think he just like gave me her number. Oh, uh, -huh. uh without, through Jane without just knowing. And then Jenny wow. was just like Texas girl now. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was in a state where I was like, no, like I, I'm not in a place to date. I don't feel like, you know, mm. committing right now. And mm. I was having fun um, just, you know, being single and just not ready to be, you know, be in a relationship. And then uh, I think it was Christmas Eve and we were rehearsing for a uh, Christmas set, and then um, is it, was is that for church or yeah? Uh -huh. And then 
we went to go eat with uh, Junie and Daniel Pei. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I was the only single guy between uh, them two. And I was just sick and tired of their, like, oh, I have a girlfriend. Like, where's yours? And <laughs> things like that. Um, so finally, they were just like, you should just do it. Like, you're not going to do it. You're, you're a pansy. You're not going to mm. do it. And so um, I think, I don't know what switched in my mind, but I was just like, okay, like, there's really nothing to lose. So I just texted her and then we met up or she texted me back and then we ended up grabbing coffee three days later, December Mm. 28th. Wow. Um, So we always make that our like our marker for, okay, it's like our one year relationship. Basically. So this December 28th, what year would that be? It'll be two years. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) I hear that in a relationship, the second year is the hardest. So they say that a lot about marriage. Um, When you get married, the first year, Mm. honeymoon year, so it's everything's good. But second year is when you start really noticing each other's like bad habits and all that kind of stuff. So (laughs) it gets hard, but yeah, yeah, I'm sure it's similar in relationships, right? Definitely. I didn't know anything of Jess. I didn't know you know, what she was like in a social context. Mm. I didn't know what she was like personally and um, before. Cause you know, like even Shirley, like, yeah. you know, you saw a little bit of her before you actually dated her. Right. Uh, I didn't know anything of her. Yeah. So uh, it was cool in the way that we were, we, we had our first date. We both liked each other from what we saw essentially. Mm-hmm. And then it was cool in the fact that I was getting to know her as I was getting to know her, I started to really develop my feelings and and essentially love her mm. f- as we're dating. And I use I usually say this like when it hits like significant numbers, like one year or um, sixteen months or so. Like mm. I always say, like I feel like I've I love you every time or I love you more than a, mm. than we did in the past. I mm-hmm. don't know. I don't want to sound too cheesy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was cool in the fact that I didn't know her before, but as I got to know her, I felt like um yeah. It was just cool in that. <laughs> yeah, 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 cuz I'm sure there's a lot of mystery going into a is what was it essentially a blind date, right? Cuz you guys yeah. didn't really know each other. It was only through mutual friends, right? Yeah. I mean, did you know of her existence before Chuni started dating Jean? Yeah. <laughs> you did? Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Junie's a good friend. Shout out, Junie. Uh, he would always, you know, when we're when we're both single, like we would always suggest other girls for uh, each other. It's like, how about uh, this girl? Like now. Nah, yeah, like, yeah. How about this? How about this girl? And then it's soon, the Jessica's single people's favorite game to play. <laughs> yeah. So Jessica's name came up, and I was like, hey, I didn't really know much about her. She's she's cute, but mm. uh, I think we've come across like um, each other in different settings, like mm-hmm. church events and stuff. But I'd never actually had a full on conversation or even just a simple conversation with her mm. until December twenty eighth of twenty seventeen. Man, that must have been kind of scary though, right? Because not really knowing what she's like only really knowing what she's like through your friends it's there must have been a lot of nervousness happening because it's also a first date you don't really know this person you want to make sure you have a good impression how were your nerves in that moment looking back now um 
it wasn't as nerve wracking as I thought it would be. Mm. I was definitely nervous before coming to meet her. Mm. Uh, but when we actually came down, sat with each other and talk with each other, looking back now, I didn't know how similar our minds worked, mm. how similar we were uh, in terms of characteristics. So it was really easy in mm. getting to know her and talking with her. So yeah, it wasn't as nerve wracking as I thought it would. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, you guys have been dating for almost two years. Do you, you know, it's like for me, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to be really blunt. I'm going to ask a question. Do you feel like she's someone you can marry before you answer that though? I know that that's like a, a lot of people think that's an inappropriate question to ask. (laughs) And if it is, please uh, just tell me and I will take, take the question back. But I feel like it's a. I don't know. It's like a good way to celebrate people's relationships, to know that it's doing well and that they're thinking about the future. Um, so, yeah. I mean, do you guys, do you see like a path forward in your future? For sure. Jess and I both are people who uh, are very purpose-driven. Mm. We don't like to waste our time. So I think from the get-go, I think maybe like three months in, uh, she was the one that asked me, she was like, why are we dating? Mm. Are you just doing this for fun or are you, do you have a future in mind? And that's something I really appreciated about her. Yeah. So yeah, we are, we date with a purpose Yeah. and the purpose is for marriage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, let me ask you the question. Is it inappropriate when I ask people that question? You think? I, I personally don't think so. Oh. Uh, and that's, you know, that's just me. I just, I'm more of like a upfront or I try to be more upfront, but yeah. uh, I don't like wasting time. And, you know, I think for me, my dating philosophy is you date to marry. Yeah. So I I don't think so. Because yeah. I, I think for me, so I kind of, as a joke, when I see like high schoolers dating, yeah, I'll be like, hey, so what? Are you guys going to yeah, get married? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's a joke, but I also kind of want them to think about it, right? If it's... If throughout their relationship, they've seen things about each other that says, oh, I could never marry this person. then I feel like you should break up, like stop wasting time, money and effort. Right. Definitely. So that, that's also kind of why I asked a question. But it's like it's so I've, I've been told many times that I shouldn't be asking that question, especially to <laughs> such young couples. Um, I don't know. It is what it is. Yeah. I mean, you just as if you care for that person, you don't want the them to waste their time yeah right i don't think it's i don't think you're intruding yeah okay then i'm gonna continue yeah. asking that question Please do. Yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna start too yeah, yeah it's, uh, <laughs> it's a good question it's a good icebreaker because right. it's like it's kind of a funny like jokey kind of thing so you laugh and you can talk about other things so yeah if, if anyone else out there wants to use that feel free <laughs> ask people uh, whatever you want yeah so uh I, I will actually, um, one of the main things I wanted to talk to you about is uh, we, we had this conversation a little bit here and there, but in terms of, so I believe it was with my, the, with the episode with Jessica, where I said kind of jokingly that I want to start a movement of getting people to step away from their boring day jobs and kind of chase their passions full heartedly. Yeah. Like, where do you stand on that? Like, so I actually love 
that you're starting this movement. <laughs> I really do. Yeah. And um, I think I am a hundred percent full believer on that. Mm. Can you elaborate a little bit of? Yes. Um, I think every human being in this world is given a gift. Mm. Um, and I think every person should use that gift to uh, glorify God in whatever the avenue they need to do it in. Um, and with that being said, um, you have to practice that gift in, in the manner that makes you come alive. Mm. And I think when you come alive as a person, you become more free. And to me, in this life, in everyone's life that we're living, I think, and a wholeheartedly, I don't mean to get too deep or too uh, philosophical. Is that the right <laughs> Philosophical. <word>? Philosophical. <laughs> or theological, uh, but I think everyone's lives is a matter of life or death. Mm. And um, whatever makes you come alive, I think that's when you find a purpose mm. in this world. So with that being said, um, I think everyone should follow whatever's in their heart, whatever their passion is or whatever their dream is. Mm. So I love the fact that you're starting this movement, mm. um, whether you see it as a gimmick or not. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm a, I'm a firm believer by that. And I'm actually trying to, to work that in my life and just yeah. implement it. But it's tough. And, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I want to be clear. I'm not suggesting anybody just uh, kind of irresponsibly quit your job and just do whatever you want to do. It's I'm sure it's a gradual process of um, chasing your dreams and focusing less on work, focusing more on your passions and somehow figuring out a way to gain income from your passions. But I'm sure it's a very gradual process, but I, I definitely do want to just throw it out there and like with you, you're obviously, in, your passion is in music, whether it's drums or, I mean, you do a bunch of other stuff for, for Zealand, right? It's not just drumming, right? Yeah. Uh, real quick, quick yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. What do you, like, why did you want to start this movement, quote unquote? Mm, yeah. So, yeah. So when I was growing up, because I am a Korean American, we have, I grew up in that very stereotypical just find financial stability and you'll be fine kind of upbringing. So everything of life was basically I, I centered everything I did around a certain salary number. And mm. I said, if I can hit that salary number, I'll be fine because I'll be uh, financially stable. Mm. And I've actually exceeded that target. Mm. But like my anxiety and like semi-depression yeah. has never been higher. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's when I realized, okay, the salary that I was chasing, it didn't equate to happiness. Mm. So that's when I really started exploring kind of the more creative things of life that I had suppressed. Because in, in high school, I took a lot of art classes and I was on track to going to art school, actually. Yeah. But I put that aside because my family suggested I should do something more practical which was engineering school, right? So yeah. that's the path I went. But yeah, financial financial stability is great and all, but just me personally, I felt like I needed something more. Um, mm. And that, that's why, that's when I started writing. 
Mm. And shortly thereafter is when I started this podcast. Mm. And I just, I want to warn people early on that whatever number, salary number you're chasing, like because I've been there, even if you get there, it's not going to solve all your problems. It's not going to make you happy. Um, So the earlier you can identify your passion and hone your skills in that passion and be less reliant financially on your work. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. 100% agree on that. Uh, I think it's a little bit more prevalent and a little bit more uh, existent with that pressure Mm. of, you know, there's that pressure and that tension of following your dreams versus, you know, what's essentially best for what your parents think of you, Mm. especially us as second generation Korean Americans. Mm. So, uh, I, I love that, and I just want to reiterate that so much. So yeah. thank you for the movement. I am <laughs> following the movement right behind you. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, I mean, w- with you, though, um, <clears throat> personally, well, what are the biggest challenges to to that movement for you? What are the biggest obstacles? Currently, it's, it's time. Mm. Um, a lot of my job is taking a lot of my time more than I expected. I know I alluded to it back when uh, I was talking about why I made the switch over. Mm-hmm. So I made the switch over to this job to have a little bit more flexibility with oh, my time mm-hmm. so that I could, you know, essentially do music. Yeah. Um, but right now it's a little bit of a busy season. So I'm fighting for time to um, practice music and mm-hmm. do music. Um, that's on a practical level. Um, there's also, you know, the finances of, you know, getting gear and yeah. equipment to do things. Um, actually, uh, surprisingly, it's it's finding the space for it. Because, mm. um, you know, music is, you have to play loudly yeah. through speakers. So, yeah. and I can't just do that at, 11 o'clock at night mm. and that's what I mean by space and even time too mm. so those are probably the biggest um, like practical and logistical mm. obstacles that I'm facing um, but with the issue with the space I wonder if um, have you tried talking to like churches yes um, we Sometimes some of the Zealand guys, uh-huh. like especially Payday and Jonathan, um, or sorry, uh, well, Jonathan too, and Junie, um, we used to go to Bethany and just during the middle of the week mm. and just jam out, rehearse. Mm-hmm. Um, but not anymore. And I think uh, that's what we mean by just fighting for time. Uh, I see. So, um, yeah, but that's a that's a really good, good idea. Um, but, yeah, we're just trying to figure out our schedules and things like that yeah so i mean i think um one of the things i learned doing this podcast is there are practical solutions to a lot of things um so what i mean in in my experience is all the gear that you see before before you here except for this board right here yeah everything is all uh i borrowed from a friend from Mm -hmm. jim um and it was the key knew all the how to use all the stuff he had it all and when he heard that I was doing a podcast, because the first like 10 episodes was strictly done all on my phone. Okay. And so uh, when he heard, 
oh, you're doing a podcast? I have all this equipment kind of lying around. You want to use it? And he like hooked me up with it and uh, I'm using it and using it really well, right? And so just, I think we underestimate the resources that we have around this sometimes. Um, so I, it's, mm. it makes sense that you guys are already utilizing churches, but like churches are perfect for yeah. what you guys are doing, right? Because they're meant, they're built so that you can play music loudly, right? right? And they're usually kind of isolated, not too close to residential areas right. and all that. So yeah, right, okay. Right. So um, with, with Zealand, right? I want to talk yeah. specifically about yes, Zealand. Please. Do you guys uh, have any new music coming out uh, in, in the pipeline? Yes, we definitely do. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah. It's crazy, um, and I might be sharing too much, but... Yeah, we can uh, edit it if yeah. you want. <laughs> no, it's okay. I think it'll be fun. <laughs> um, but ever since uh, we released Runaway Love, uh-huh. uh, we've gotten more inspiration. Wow. And, you know, I always talk to people about this, but every release that we've done... Mm-hmm we we take and learn from and we actually get a little bit more inspired and inspired mm. um so we actually are coming up with so many ideas and wow. so many like song ideas i think we have like four or five scratch ideas already in place we just gotta sit down and record uh produce it so um usually when when we release a song we're kind of like stuck in this, like, okay, what should we do next? But ever since Runaway Love re- was released, I mean, it's almost like overwhelming mm. of how many song ideas we want to get done and release out there. So, yeah, we have a lot to start work on, mm. start to work on. And I'm excited. Like, man, a lot of the songs that, um, these guys are coming up with and they're they're freaking talented yeah. in what they're releasing and um i think we just feed off each other and mm-hmm. get hyped off each other and yeah it's a it's a fun and exciting time right now right now i think um we're kind of focusing on a little different aspect of zealand and what we're going to do next mm-hmm. i think uh, we're still gonna work on music. We're still gonna, you know, record and things like that. But I think we're gonna hold off on releasing a little bit and just mm. try to put a little bit different content out there, whether it's acoustic covers uh-huh. or stuff. But uh, we're still trying to work things out and stuff. Mm. So, yeah, there's a lot of cool, exciting things. There's, you know, maybe in the near future do shows. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you'll just have to wait. (laughs) When Juni was here, we were talking about that, and I was really pushing. I was like, "Hey, man, you guys really should do like performances, right?" And so Mm -hmm. glad to hear that there's maybe something along those lines. Yeah, Um, and I want to ask this question. It, I, I know the heart behind the music that you guys do isn't about money, but I think to do it with more freedom and with more availability, um, money would be nice. Right. So do do you guys kind of see a path forward in terms of like monetizing, um, in any way, or is that something just completely out of your, your minds? Uh, I think we've had brief conversations about it just cause, um, 
like you said, it's not really our forefront mm-hmm. motiv- motivation. Mm-hmm. Um, but in answering your question, I think, uh, to put it simply, any of the money that received uh, from Zealand, whether it's music or merch, whatever, mm-hmm. it's going to go back into Zealand right, and yeah. invest in Zealand. So yeah. I think, yeah, to put it simply, it's going to be that way. Yeah, because I think um, there's a stigma, um, especially because you guys are a worship band, that somehow monetizing on it is a bad thing, which I don't necessarily agree with. I don't know. Maybe I, I yeah. might be wrong. What do you think? What do you think about that? I mean, if you look at it in, in the eyes of this is our full-time gig, mm-hmm. like it's, you're going to treat it like work and, um, you know, you have to, you know, embrace like sometimes taking the money in for yourself is yeah. not a bad thing because yeah. you got to live, you got to eat and you got to pay bills and things like that. So I don't think it's, it's necessarily a bad thing. Mm. I think it turns negative when that's your motivation right. and that's your mindset and that's your, where your headspace is. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, I don't think it's a bad thing at all. So I think the thing that the general public, especially Christians, um, one of the things that they struggle with is when they see Christian leaders monetizing on anything, whether it be like books or music or whatever it may be, there's always kind of a, a air of negativity surrounding it like yeah. almost as if they're questioning are they doing this because they only want to make money or is it because like do they have the right heart behind it and all that yeah so there's that that conversation always comes up and i don't know it's i think it's good to be vigilant but also if it's to the detriment of innovation and and creativity within the context of church I think it's, I don't know. Yeah. We might have to rethink that. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And I know, uh, you know, Kanye West came out with the yeah. album, right? <laughs> yeah. And he said something about how innovation in the church is, is pretty much stifled. Yeah. I think that's the gist of what he was saying. Right. Um, and so, yeah. And the things you guys do isn't free. You guys need money for equipment. Right. You guys, um, and you might need money for like to re- recording space. You know, there's, you yeah. guys are making it work now, but. If you guys had uh, more of a fund to do this stuff, it would be a lot easier, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just I just want to challenge the Christian listeners out there to kind of think about this. Um, I'm not saying that you guys need to go out and give Zealand money right now or anything <laughs> like that. But I'm just saying, uh, um, yeah, monetizing isn't a bad thing. Think about If you think about churches like Hillsong, like yeah. Bethel, yeah. all those big name worship people. Look, think about all the great things they're able to do because they they have uh, income coming in from their music. Right, 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 right. right. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a it's a kind of a gray area. Yeah, in, it's yeah, it's something you I think yeah. a lot of us struggle with just mentally thinking about it. Yeah, I hate to you know take so long on this topic, but no, no, no. I think um, yeah, I think it's always been a gray area um, for in our in history Mm. just because in the bible um jesus always you know he he brings up money a lot in the Mm. bible Mm -hmm. and i think um i think he brings it up to test where our heart posture is and where our mindset is about that so i don't think getting money from you know doing music or any sort of art uh whether it's in the christian context or not is a bad is a bad thing 
Mm-hmm. Um, it just, like I said, it's check. It's a heart check. Right. Um, so yeah, even, even in Zealand, like it's, it's not a conversation that we like to have, mm-hmm. uh, but it's, it's a necessary one to have them. Yeah. Cause yeah, who knows where we're going to be along in the future. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah it's a good point. Yeah. I, I think, uh, we need to make it a little easier to talk about and because it's almost as if if you talk about it your people assume that you have the wrong heart yeah which i don't think is true at all right you know? so yeah i don't know let's something you guys should talk about for sure for others sure. other zealand members listening to this <laughs> you guys should talk about this yeah so um and anything else happening with zealand um that we should be aware of um no uh yeah just just be on the lookout we're uh we're coming up with a lot of in my eyes cool crazy ideas Mm -hmm. that um with in terms of the music is is really good like i'm i'm not trying to be biased but um none of none of of the things that i made is good (laughs) but from what like other people other zealand members are making it Mm -hmm. it's like man there's something going on in their minds and their hearts that they're wanting to portray out there mm. in terms of their art and their creativity. And it's, I'm like blown away. I'm like inspired by them. Mm. And I love that so much because we've been working with each other for 15 plus years mm. and it, I'm still getting blessed and inspired by them mm. today. So, and I'm just thankful mm. that I get to, you know, work alongside these friends and buds mm. and, Stella. Yeah. <laughs> so I had a question um, yeah. that I kind of wanted to ask during the Zealand episode where you guys were all there. Yeah. But I didn't because I didn't think I would get an honest answer <laughs> because everyone was there. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was, I meant to ask Junie too, but I, I forgot the conversation got away from us. <laughs> but let me ask you. Yeah. What, what is the hardest part of working with the same group of people for so long? Because... I'm sure, I mean, all you guys are great, but I'm sure the phrase is uh, familiarity breeds contempt, right? So I'm sure you guys had clashes and moments of differing opinions and things like that. So what are some of the challenge, the biggest challenges you've had working with the same group for, like you said, 15 mm. years? Man, that is a really good question. Um, and let me kind of explain the heart behind the question, yeah, the yeah. motivation is because um, these episodes, I'm always hoping that it inspires other people to chase their dreams as well. And I, I don't want to disillusion them into thinking that once they chase their passion, everything's going to be great hunky dory. <laughs> there are going to be challenges and there are going to be obstacles that they have to face and overcome. Right. And for a band, a worship band, as you guys, I'm sure there are moments of differing uh thoughts and disunity right yeah so i yeah. just want to kind of be open about that so people if they come across similar situations know how how you guys overcame it so that they right. can do the same i'm i think i think the biggest challenge for me mm-hmm. in working with these guys is um 
keeping up the the fire and the passion and the motivation to continue to do mm. it. I think that's the biggest challenge for me. Um, I'm not gonna lie; it's it's tough when um, when we release a song and we do things. That's uh, kind of like we kind of carry this mindset of like, well, that's it. Um, mm. or at least I do. Right. Um, and I'm trying to fight that personally. Um, cause, uh, I don't want to let that passion die. I don't want to let that be my motivation mm. of, you know, of getting as many followers or hype as, as I want it to be. Mm. Um, so, um, I think a lot of times we can grow to be complacent. Mm. Um, not saying that this is the current season that we're in now because like I said, like these guys are coming up with crazy, like super dope ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, but when that does occur, you can just feel it and it's kind of hard to get myself motivated mm. and get others to motivated to, you know, to ultimately accomplish what we're trying to achieve. Right. Um, so it's uh that's probably the hardest aspect. I think the given and and you understand the given um hardships such as like agreeing with like song ideas, whether it's good or bad, um, agreeing with certain, you know, instrument lines or certain parts, that's not that big of an issue because we can always just um take it out or put it in a different song. Mm. Uh but yeah, that's probably the the hardest thing is just keeping everyone as hype um as each other mm. i think just getting everyone on the same page uh for zealand as a whole right yeah so i mean 15 years is a really long time right so how have you accomplished this during those so i'm sure you mentioned it as a hardship because it's happened before right yeah. so when it does happen what are some things that you've seen work in terms of re-motivating and re-hyping the members and yourself um i think a lot of it comes from just having honest talks with each other Mm. um so now honestly we uh we have monthly meetings where uh we just meet up we hang out we talk i think a lot of it comes from just being disconnected from each other a lot of us have busy lives and right uh, we're doing this as a side thing so we're it's almost like we're going to treat it like a side thing, which mm. um, I'm sure a lot of those guys aren't wanting to treat it as a side thing, but uh, it's, it's not, it's not the main priority. Right. And, and just honestly speaking, um, I'm sure it's, it's a want to be a main priority. Mm. Um, but that's why we kind of came up with like monthly meetings, writing retreats, um, think in june we had one and that was freaking fire nice just you know coming up with or uh having a workshop of just creating music so um it's gotten a lot better i feel um we're a lot more connected in that aspect so yeah i'm not putting anyone down or anything but um it's just giving and i'm including myself in this too Mm. um but yeah we we gotten a little bit more intentional and like I said, I think a lot of these guys are on 
another level there on something different right yeah. now because yeah freaking fire coming out soon that's awesome yeah wow so how has the reception been for the you guys have so far re- uh released three songs yeah right how has the reception been generally positive around you guys so honestly uh we don't really know um oh. yeah i honestly don't really know as much i only hear from from either the other guys or from instagram i guess i don't know uh but from the most part from what i see or hear mm. uh generally pretty good that's awesome yeah 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 you know um i found out um through anchor the platform that i use for the the podcast yeah i can pull in songs from spotify to play on the on the podcast you can yeah so if with your permission <laughs> i would love to add like a clip of runaway love at the end of this episode of course like yeah that's cool. that is completely fine yeah, yeah, yeah i hope the other zealand guys are okay with that yeah actually you know what i'll i'll ask them first okay. <laughs> <laughs> i'll ask them first um yeah so uh just and uh, anything else you want to talk about zealand on otherwise we can move on to uh because i, I want to ask more about like kind of your family yeah, life sure um, sure a little bit because you recently became an uncle yeah shout out zeke yeah your, shout out zeke. your uncle ben yeah yeah how has that been Man, it's been amazing. Um, just becoming uh, a little bit more mature yeah. just by that title. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. I think I had this conversation with you before, mm. where, you know, I'm I'm not a big kid guy. Mm. Um, but when Zeke was born, I just had this like overflowing love for him, even mm. though he was like six pounds. 15 ounces can't even talk and i just yeah when it's of your own kin mm-hmm. i don't know what it is you just kind of you get overwhelmed with love so it's been good i feel like he's not my kid but i just feel like i have a little bit more responsibility yeah. now yeah, yeah it's I, weird i felt the same way when i met my niece for the same time right I mean, for it's the weird. first time yeah yeah it's weird it's uh so kind of different from you i'm a huge kid guy like i love babies i love kids but so when i i didn't get to meet my niece until she was almost one because she lives in korea but when i went to go visit her my mindset was oh she's gonna just be like any other kid to me and i'm gonna love her but it's not gonna be much different but it was very different (laughs) i I, I guess the kinship um just the blood i don't don't know what it is um it was it was life-altering yeah i hear you yeah. I mean, do you think uh, that makes you kind of excited for your future? Uh, I think so on, uh, you know, on a, <laughs> on a deal uh-huh. like platform. But then I think I get overtaken by like, oh, I'm like, going to be like waking up at like 3 a.m. Uh, so yeah, yes and no. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, Generally, I, yeah. I will say this as a person who's met his niece without having my own child and now experiencing having my own child yeah it definitely is worth it whatever mm. you felt with zeke yeah you're gonna feel like times 10 when you have your own really kid. yeah well in that case yeah, yeah. i'm super excited <laughs> yeah yeah so uh and i know uh, one interesting thing you told me in our conversations after you became an uncle was you said that um i think i asked Oh, do you visit often? And you said not really because you want to give the parents their their space. So where did the, where did that come from? How, how did you kind of get that idea? I was raised to 
to always give respect no matter what who the person is or no matter what the person is going through mm. so uh yeah i just give them a little bit more respect like just because they're family doesn't mean i have the obligation or the right to you know just barge in and like all right let me see my nephew <laughs> um so um i know the the stress that comes with pregnancy and mm. postpartum so um and being a new parent mm. it's you know you're learning how to adjust your sleep schedule your for my sister you know mm. hormonal levels yeah. and stuff so i just wanted to give them a little space and just be a family how, uh, how old is a zeke now he is a month and three days. And you still kind of are hands off. No, well, not hands off, but you don't really barge in. You don't really. Yeah. Do you kind of just go when you're invited or do you kind of feel out the situation? or? I kind of feel out the situation. Mm-hmm. I'm They're a little bit more, uh, I guess, um, they're okay now. Yeah. I feel like they're getting used to it, so. Whenever I, I do come over, I make sure I always ask them before. Right, right, right. So, um, but yeah, I don't feel as much as I did before. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's good. That's good. Um, so you were kind of alluding to your upbringing a little bit. So I just want to tie everything back. Um, how do you think your upbringing kind of influenced your, your career choice and also kind of the, the passion that you're chasing and all that? Do, do, you, th- do you see any connections there? or? I think so. I was born and raised in East Cobb, Marietta. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why. Uh, I think I think my parents just wanted me to have a really good childhood mm. and growing up in that kind of environment. Mm. Um, so did you ever live anywhere else, or were you always kind of in that Marietta Cobb area? In my in my like youth. Okay. Um, I actually went. I spent one year in Boston. Oh, okay. College, and then I came back to UJ. Oh, okay. For my youth, yeah, that's where I grew up. But my parents are probably the hardest workers that I know. Mm. Um, And I think I indirectly learned from their habits of working hard and paying attention to the detail. Mm. I think in answering your question, yeah, that has a huge part in the way that I think and live my life now. Um, Even when it comes to music, Mm. I'm always look for the detail in music, any kind of music. We went to a show last night, mm-hmm. just randomly. Um, and Jess and I, yeah. and we, I wanted to go in there just to like pick apart their music and uh, just get inspired from them. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't the most, like, it was like Lewis, the child. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know them. They're kind of mm-hmm. like party, like ravers and okay. stuff. It's like, smell of weed everywhere uh-huh. Uh-huh. but i just wanted to like just enjoy and like listen to their music mm. um so i think that's uh uh a huge part in the way that my parents raised me is just always being detail oriented mm. um with that said my so yeah. was the was i kind of drilled into you by instruction or was it more just you observing how they were so detail oriented more so just watching them Mm. and uh in almost i don't want to say force but Mm. like my mom she is 
um, so detailed um, in just her natural being. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, the way that she cleans things, um, she's not just going to, like, graze over. Like, if she's vacuuming the carpet, she's not going to just, like, graze over the carpet. But she's going to look for every stain, get on mm. her knees, and just, like, take out every stain in that way. And then right. for her to be that way and for her to be my mom and be like, you got to do it this way, you got to do it this way. Right, right. So I think, I don't know if that's being forced upon, but that's just the way I saw it, and that's mm. the way I was raised. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I think I just learned by watching. Mm. And I grew up with... Uh, parents owning a dry cleaning store too Uh, uh so i don't know if you know much about that but a lot of that like 100 percent deals with a lot of detail yeah and i I know that people who own dry cleaners they work insanely hard a lot seven days a week most of the time right yeah Um, yeah because grow i grew up in la and had a friend whose dad owned a dry cleaner yeah and yeah, he worked literally seven days a week, 365 days a year, just all the time. And I only saw him when I went over to his house for sleepovers. Because, mm. like, that's the, at night when he comes home is, like, the only yeah. time. Yeah, so, yeah. It's rough. Yeah. yeah. Is that what they still do? Yeah, but it's a little bit more lenient. Okay. Just mm-hmm. the way, because my dad made it a conscious effort to um, not work. Yeah. Um, or not be so, like, you know, working seven days a week. Mm-hmm. So they have uh, Sundays off so they could go to church. So with your parents being so such hard workers, I think that's the story of many first-generation Korean Americans. And one commonality I've seen amongst them is this movement that we were talking about. Yeah. They're not huge fans of, yeah. right? So. Do you think if one day you went to your parents and said, hey, I'm going to give up my career as a PT to do music full-time, yeah. do you think they would be supportive? Or would that be kind of another obstacle you would have to overcome? If I asked them 10 years ago, mm. they would probably would be like, no, what the heck are you doing? Right. But I think they saw over the last decade or so, mm. they saw my effort and the amount of work that I was putting into my music Mm. or into you know like pursuing music i think they saw how happy i was um and because that's the bottom line like they just they Mm. just want us to be happy uh but for some reason they don't see when we're driving towards our passion that can lead to happiness yeah uh but i think over time it it, i had to build their trust for that Mm. so I think they would be supportive now, uh, but if you were to ask me like 10 years ago mm. when I didn't know anything, they probably wouldn't have. So then, and it's, that's actually a good point of why I chose physical therapy too, mm. because, um, you know, the cliche, you got to be a doctor, you got to be a lawyer, right. but um, I felt like I wanted to honor their, them, but honor myself too. So mm-hmm. that's kind of why I chose physical therapy. Right. Yeah, no, that's great. Because me and my brother, so growing up, me and my brother were pretty much given three options for career choice. <laughs> Doctor, lawyer, or engineer. Right. So I took engineer. And my brother <laughs> went the lawyer route. So uh, we, we both, I think um, the second generation Korean Americans, we love 
a lot of us actually want to honor our parents and but i think a lot of us are still trying to find space to still chase our passions while adhering as much as and close to our honoring our parents as we can yeah right? yeah so yeah yeah so uh, yeah I, it's great that um that's really good advice for people i think um to know that your parents after like 10 years have kind of shifted their perspective a little bit i think that goes to show how much benefit there is to kind of dedicating yourself and committing yourself to your passions yeah if, if they don't see it right then yeah. they probably will be like it's just something you can just keep it as a hobby but if they see you pouring so much of yourself into this thing for 10 years then they can't deny that okay maybe this is what really makes them happy right, right. yeah right yeah so I, you know thank you thank you for that um yeah before so it, we we hit the hour mark this is usually where i ask the wow. guest yeah um is there anything any topics you wanted to talk about anything uh that i missed that that you would think would be interesting to talk about um oh you know what i thought would be interesting is yeah. talking like just about music in general yeah and why i'm so passionate about oh yes it. yes yeah, yeah so yeah that's a great question so why are you so passionate with music or in music um music i believe is a gift from god mm -hmm. and i think music when you can't describe things in words i think that's how you know you're passionate about certain things i think that's the easy way to look at it mm. um, that's what music is to me mm. i think there's something so powerful and so inspiring about music um, that evokes emotion and maybe even like physical expression that it does to me hmm. that like just makes me come alive. Like the way that music hits my eardrum and evokes my heart hmm. to like really have this feeling, yeah. I can't describe it. And I love that about music. Um, like when you watch a movie mm -hmm. and you have like this awesome soundtrack, have you ever seen like, uh, um, like those YouTube videos of like movies without the music? Oh yeah. 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 It's like, so weird. It's like the most cheesiest thing ever. Yeah, yeah. But then the simple fact that you put like a soundtrack behind it, mm. it makes it that much better. And I love that music can do that to a person's, experience mm. have you seen joker i have not i am reluctant to see it yeah because i don't know no yeah yeah i think that's a good place to be because okay when i watched it the even the music kind of like the whole movie is kind of unsettling it's kind of disturbing you walk out of it still having that kind of like disturbed like heart yeah and it is intentional by the 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 movie makers but i think the music goes a long way to doing that as well yeah so i, I kind of understand what you're talking about with how the music evokes these emotions and things like that yeah yeah yeah. Well, that's interesting yeah. yeah so i feel like i love because i love that fact that it, it has that impact on me mm. i feel like i would just want to share that with others mm. and i think a lot of my inspiration comes from what i what i feel from in that moment maybe or writing from a place of 
like seeing things um, differently in that way. Um, I remember I went to Colorado last year mm-hmm. and uh, I wanted to get inspired from nature. And oh, wow. uh, I, I stayed with, uh, uh, you know, Allison and Kit? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I stayed with them. Oh, and okay. uh, those are like probably like the mo- most artsy people. Like, oh, ever. yeah, for sure. Yeah. So yeah. I told outs to a flower crown society. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Um, I told him like that was one of my inspirations. Like mm-hmm. I just wanted to just get away from a little bit and mm-hmm. just write music. And uh, they were like, here, here's a spot for you. Like mm-hmm. this is the best view. And um, there was like a scene of like the Rocky Mountains nearby. Wow. And I just wrote and I loved it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a huge fan of uh, like instrumental like mm. type of music. Um, I don't like music with a lot of words. Mm. So, and I just, I feel like I get a little bit dramatic when it comes to instrumental music. Mm. Like I love putting on instrumental music when I'm driving through like a forest or something. Right. Yeah. Just cause it evokes some sort of emotion, feeling some type of way. Yeah. So I, I feel like I write, best with those kind of um like type of songs mm. then then I, I have to ask the question because yeah like i said there's three releases that you guys do yeah. in zealand so I'm gonna, i want to go through each song okay and i want you to <laughs> describe kind of what yeah. emotional things get evoked in your heart so the first <laughs> one in this moment yeah how does what what emotions do you feel when you hear that song i feel tension the whole time mm. and then uh and then the the like the ending mm-hmm. is just like a release of that tension, mm. um, and that's why I usually like when we're in the creative process, in the writing process, and I'm trying to create drum parts mm-hmm. for the song. I always ask whoever wrote the song, "What type of feel are you trying to go for? What type of emotion are you trying to evoke?" Um, so that's kind of the way I approach the drums with uh, within this moment. Mm. Um, because Junie wrote that song where he was in a little in a little bit of a broken place physically, oh. and he just felt like uh, was that with the, with the Achilles? Achilles, yeah, oh, yeah. So uh, you know, every every detail in that song is very. Um, it tries to evoke tension. Mm. Like um, there's a part where I do like rim shots, mm-hmm. like. That's supposed to be symbolized like time, like time oh, tension. Interesting. And then uh, I do a lot of like tom work uh-huh. in that song, and just it's just trying to symbolize like turmoil and like a lot of tension. Wow. And then when it gets to that release, it just kind of like opens up, and then um, yeah, mm. I just feel a lot of tension, and then finally just like a release at wow. the end of the song. So. I'm, I'm gonna have to go back and listen. <laughs> yeah. So then the next song, uh, "Come," was the second song that you guys released. Yeah. Come. So from what I saw, "Come" was a little bit was much more mellow, um, and maybe even more somber. Uh, but what about you? What emotions does gets evoked? "Come" is a little bit more gentle, mm-hmm. like you said. I agree. Um, uh, it's a little bit more. Uh, ballad like almost mm. 
So he kinda, we kind of approached that song where we wanted to create this inviting space for people to come to God without mm. any shame or any guilt. And we wanted to create a picture of um, God being this gentle guy where, or, yeah, person where you can go to whenever you want to. You don't mm. have to have a certain demeanor or you don't have to have it all together. We wanted to create uh, a sound, essentially, to uh, let the listeners have that feeling. Mm. So, And then the song is about the listener or whoever taking that first step and then when that person takes the first step that's all that god wants Mm. and so god is going to come running towards you so that's why it kind of starts off very gentle Mm. and then it builds up at the end because we wanted to capture god rushing towards the person who even took the first step yeah so um yeah i agree with you yeah okay wow (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to listen to all your songs. So the last song, the third song is Runaway Love. And my basic analysis of that is it's a, it's a lot more jovial. It's a lot, it feels more upbeat. Yeah. Um, so so uh, what is your uh, analysis of that one? <laughs> Runaway Love was a very uh, or an unorthodox way of the way that we wrote in this moment and come. Hmm. Yeah, we felt like... Uh, we didn't want to symbolize Zealand with like in this moment and come because a lot of those are kind of a little bit more like somberish and a lot of more mm-hmm. tension. Mm-hmm. So we kind of wanted to approach that in a in a, a more fun manner. So we mm-hmm. honestly, uh, um, Junie created the whole thing and we're kind of like, uh, like, yeah, like that sounds good. Let's just go with it. Oh, wow. And then uh, since it's a little bit more... I like to think of it as uh, like rock meets electronic meets Jesus. Uh, and yeah. so uh, we wanted to make it very joyful and um, yeah, and a little bit more upbeat so that people can just vibe out with it. And yeah. So uh, that one is just straightforward. I think you take it as it is. Mm. And so that one was super fun recording um a lot of work went into it for that simple song but it's uh very 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 fun junie created the the whole thing so um he he wanted uh certain people to do certain parts like stella lead jonathan um kind of do like the lower octaves to really push forward Mm because jonathan has a great lower register Mm -hmm. and then um we had a, we went to a, uh, one of Junie's friends who's like killing it in the electro, like electric guitar game right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. So he hooked us up with that, and then yeah, I was gonna say the electric guitar part. Yeah, it sounds is, so good, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, that was through our uh, through our guy. Um, okay. He's killing it right now. His name is Eduardo. Eduardo. Yeah. Okay. He's runs he runs 440 Sound. Oh, okay. Shout out 440 Sound. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, Junie created the whole thing, and he uh-huh. just wanted me to replicate uh, the drums. So, uh-huh. uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I think uh, with Runaway Love, like I said, the guitar part, the electric guitar part was probably my favorite. Um, and I, 
I'm glad you told me that Jonathan sang on it because <laughs> I, I honestly I can't really tell when it's Jonathan or Chuni singing. Sometimes I, I know they have very dif- distinct voices and singing voices, but yeah, I, I don't know why. It, like I feel like their voices kind of just almost as if it flows just into the music. So I like with when this in this moment came out. I, it took me the longest time to figure out who was singing it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Jonathan has a great uh, lower register voice. He just has a great voice in general, just mm-hmm. very different from Stella and Junie. Um, I love the fact that everyone has their own style mm. and it are, are very gifted in that style. Mm. So um, one of the songs we have to get, Jonathan to lead because I just want people to hear his voice. Yeah. <laughs> Show how talented he really is. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Are we, yeah. are we on time? Uh, uh okay. we can close yeah, whenever. Yeah, yeah. Or we, we, we have plenty of time to talk more as well <laughs> if, if there's anything else you want to talk about. Yeah. I can't think of anything else really. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, I really appreciate you coming here because we, we talked about how you have to go back to your side of town for <laughs> the Everest. Uh, the rehearsal for yeah. that so oh yeah so everest uh conference is happening next week yeah next saturday yeah. oh you know what though by the time this uh gets released it'll oh yeah be true, true, true. yeah so <laughs> that's okay if you're listening to this in the morning <laughs> you still have time <laughs> go to uh uh it was a korean church of atlanta on pleasant hill road yeah that, that's that's what's that's where it's happening uh ben thank you so much for coming yeah, um thank and, you and thank you for being such an open book letting me ask you anything <laughs> um yeah because literally before this podcast started i said hey is there anything that's off topic or anything and you were just like oh can ask anything yeah yeah i'm sorry if i uh hurt anyone's feelings or <laughs> yeah no, no no everyone knows that this podcast is a uh, all well-intentioned okay <laughs> and it all comes from a good good place uh well-intended heart yeah. so Real quick, I just want to say yeah. every Saturday morning, I look forward to one Instagram to see who's on the podcast. Oh, wow. And I look forward to listening it throughout the week. Wow. There have been so many good conversations on this podcast. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure on behalf of everyone listening to I hope they hear this. Thank you for what you do. Oh, man. Yeah. Thank you so much. That's really high praise. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. And, I'm really enjoying these conversations. Um, so yeah. anyone out there, by the way, this is an open invitation. If if you feel like you have a story you want to tell um, and kind of just showcase your life, because you know, like it almost seems like the, these conversations we have, sometimes they seem random or pointless, but I always, by the end of it, kind of look at it holistically and think, wow, there's so much good things that we can pull out from this conversation. So um, yeah, anyone who wants is interested in that, please reach out. Um, so if you want to reach out to record or just if you want to send feedback or anything, please send me feedback at through email at uh, ihthtpodcast at gmail.com. That's I hope they hear this abbreviated or, or through Instagram, which is just I hope they hear this. And now I actually created a Twitter page as well. Nice. Yeah. Um, just, so, it. <laughs> just, yeah. just in case you, you that's your preferred medium. It's the IHTHT podcast. Um, I tried doing, I hope they hear this, but okay. there's a character limit. Yeah. I couldn't get the whole thing. So I know I just, what you mean, bro. Yeah. So I just did a IHTHT. That's again, I hope they hear this abbreviated podcast. Um, so yeah, please feel free to reach out to me with any, anything. Um, if you want to get in contact with Ben for whatever reason. Um, yeah. I mean, he's a PT. He's a drummer <laughs> of Zealand. 
he also drums for Everest. Um, he's a man of many talents. So thank if you, you just want to kind of connect with him, please. Um, yeah, you, you can reach out to me or follow Zeland's yeah. Instagram page. Yeah, it's just Z L N D. Yes. Yeah, and uh, you can get in contact with them. Yep. So yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, again, thank you, Ben, for being here, and uh, we'll talk you. to you guys next week. Bye.